0: Over the years, I have collaborated with documentary artist and educator Megan Hattie Stahl on a variety of projects. We have worked in film programming and even co-hosted a podcast together. The two of us have played Pac-Man in Seattle, shop for produce in Portland, and most recently met a cat in Brooklyn named Simcoe. If you go on my Instagram, you can see a picture of him. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that I wanted to know what Megan thought of a little scene comedy from 1934 called Beauty and the Bus. And more specifically, it starred Patsy Kelly.
1: I think she seems like she doesn't quite fit in in that environment. And she seems unlucky and misunderstood. And, uh, She has like a chip on her shoulder, but I think she's pretty funny, but I don't really understand her relationship with the other woman, Thelma Todd, and I don't understand what event they're at. Maybe a a bingo type or like some kind of drawing or tickets.
0: Okay. In Megan's defense, no one can really tell what the heck is going on in most of Patsy Kelly and Thelma Todd's shorts. They are full of rotating sets and loosely scripted plots. I don't know. Most of the time, someone is crashing through a window or accidentally stepping into a waste basket. Who knows? In the first 30 seconds of the short I shared with my captive friend, Patsy falls on a misplaced roller skate. A classic gag. Play the hits. Anyway, back to Megan.
1: I realize I haven't been talking into the microphone. Has it been hard to hear me?
0: I, it's it's better now, but it's not like I can still hear you. Like It'll be able to
1: use it still.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What I've done already. Okay. Totally. But it's yeah. helpful for me to do this now.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay.
1: It seems like she's just getting beat up on, and um, like I guess I wouldn't expect a movie from this era to necessarily treat her, give her an, an amazing ending. But I'm kind of curious what her ending is.
0: let me paint a picture. It's the early 1930s Hollywood. I'm probably not going to place a reverb on that and post, but imagine that I did. Zagnut candy bars are popular. The Charleston is the hottest dance on the block. And a popularity poll just hit the newspaper stands.
1: Clark Gable and Myrna Loy lead popularity poll. Clark Gable and Myrna Loy are king and queen of film stars in New York's metropolitan district, according to the recent radio poll by WMCA. Gable was followed by Dick Powell, Bing Crosby, William Powell, and Robert Montgomery. On the actress side, Miss Loy was followed closely by Joan Crawford, Ginger Rogers, and Ruby Keeler, with Janet Gaynor, Norma Shearer, Jean Harlow, and Katherine Hepburn down the list.
0: As Joan Crawford read these results, she was very likely smoking a cigarette while saying something like, serves them right. While the MGM star disliked most of her contemporaries, she absolutely loathed Norma Shearer for receiving what she thought to be the best roles. Meanwhile, screen star Irene Dunn paid little mind to this list. She was more concerned with the public's perception of her social life, one that was more complicated than reported, she argued. Celebrated columnist Molly Marsh approached the newly minted Warner Brothers player about these spurious allegations. A composed by candid Irene Dunn spared little time responding.
1: It seems almost impossible to live a private life in Hollywood. We are under espionage all the time. If we live quietly at home, then we are colorless, uninteresting. If we jazz around, we are gossiped about and speculations run wild. If we are just ourselves, and most of us are surprisingly simple, then we are not glamorous, fascinating, or even interesting. Miss Dunn then excused herself to try on some wigs for her new picture.
0: Irene's somewhat static personal life was soon overshadowed by fast flying gossip that found its way around the movie colony.
2: Loretta Young, who underwent a minor operation, was reported to be recovering rapidly today. She's expected to be released from the hospital within a few days. Rumors started circulating again when Gloria Swanson and Herbert Marshall sailed to Catalina Island on a private yacht. Marshall persistently has denied that him and his wife, Edna Best, are on the verge of separation. Miss Best also scoffed at the reports before she left for England.
0: These stories peppered the dailies on a regular basis. If you tried hard enough, you could find mention of an emerging actor named Patsy Kelly. Calmness O.O. McIntyre said the New York-born performer had a 10th Avenue slouch. Flickr fans said Patsy was rough as the side of a Dublin blackthorn shillelagh. Meanwhile, Decatur's Sunday Herald and Review, raved that Kelly would find a big following for her nitwit doings. I... Don't think anyone was writing about Irene done this way. Still, Patsy didn't really care. The queer actor, comedian, and stage star had arrived in Hollywood to build a very unlikely career. From the very beginning, Patsy was treating furniture like nine pins spinning and tripping about the house, usually over chairs. She was a born performer, a fall guy, the sluggo to Nancy.
2: If you're gonna write about my childhood, you might as well know I spent it mostly in the police station.
0: That's Patsy, she's right.
2: On 51st Street, in the block between us and Lexington Avenue, were both the police station and the firehouse. We kids played in the cement backyard of the firehouse, swinging on engines for every call. I had a knack for accidents and running away and would be brought to the cops. They nicknamed me Patsy, the fall guy.
0: If you're now thinking Patsy is a why person, she definitely was.
2: I had a dime and wanted a nickel's worth of candy. My brother Willie offered to go across the street to buy it. I didn't trust Willie. I was afraid he would eat the candy and then run away with the change. So I darted across, clutching my dough, and auto-hit me, and I woke up in the hospital. Since then, I've trusted everybody. It's cheaper.
0: Okay, Patsy told so many stories like this one. When she was a child, the future comedian was always falling down or getting hit by bikes, buses, cars, or literally anything with wheels. Birds were forever chirping over her head. This would continue into Patsy's adulthood as well, but that's a story for episode two. When the young troublemaker was 14, she walked a few blocks down the street to join her pal Ruby Keeler. The two friends would find their lives forever changed at the professional children's dancing school. After a few short years of tutelage, Patsy found herself on Broadway, performing at the Schubert. The fabulous and forever self-effacing hoofer said that she had weak knees during all performances. When Patsy was discovered on stage by Hollywood director and producer Hal Roach, she was reluctant to pick up her belongings and move to Los Angeles but when celebrated actor Thelma Todd begged the performer to be in the movies, Patsy agreed. Kelly would have the task of replacing noted comedian Seisu Pitts, and because Pitts had departed Hal Roach Studios over a contentious contract dispute, it was not the most ideal of circumstances. Seisu's work with Thelma Todd was somewhat prolific. The duo had made 17 short films together. These comedies were Laurel and Hardy adjacent. You could expect awkward dances, crashing dishes, and buzzing bees. A mattress spring attacks Seisu in at least three of these movies. I'm not sure why. Uh, anyway, Alam and Eve is the true gem of the series. Pitts bites a cop's leg, and Todd Huff's ether. It's pure chaos. Aside from playing Thelma's pal and part time foil at Hal Roach Studios, Seisu was also an accomplished candy maker. She released a recipe book, and let me tell you, some of these instructions are absolutely daffy. The chocolate cherry creams are just not very good. Um, after I made them, I wanted to lie on the floor for 25 minutes and think about my past, but maybe that's the desired result. Anyway, here is Taisu Pitt's recipe for chocolate-covered leaves, as read by Aaron Taylor. Chocolate
3: leaves. Select leaves from your garden. Gardenia leaves are excellent because they are stiff and their underside show the vein markings plainly. Rose or lemon leaves will do too. Leave a little of each stem for a handle. Wash and dry leaves. Arrange on waxed paper. Melt chocolate over a hot, but not boiling, water. If you use dipping chocolate, don't let it get above dipping temperature about 83 degrees Fahrenheit. With a new watercolor brush, paint undersides of leaves with a smooth, thick coat of chocolate spreading just to edge. Chill in refrigerator till set. To remove leaf from chocolate, insert point of paring knife at tip of leaf, then peel it off. Now place chocolate leaves on waxed paper chill till ready to use
0: okay dear listener i'm going to snap my fingers and bring you back are you lucid cool great thanks for taking that trip with me aaron i appreciate you for reading that passage we'll catch up later patsy kelly proved to be an inspired replacement for sesu she was an incredible screen partner parts ornery defiant warm and physical Marion Davies said that the New Yorker was in a class all by herself. O.O. McIntyre wrote about the comedian's ascent in his latest column. The movie heroine of the sidewalks of New York is Patsy Kelly. She was once one of them. A tomboy of the tenements with a sweatered swagger. Strident voice and go funny eye. And her success has been due entirely to remaining herself. Every block of Tenth Avenue has its Patsy Kelly, still halting cops, bantering corner toughs, and holding her own in an argument. Thelma Todd, meanwhile, well, her profile read a little bit differently. Thelma writes poetry under an assumed name, Molly Merrick began. She likes jelly beans and practical jokes, but she does not like first night openings or card tricks. Her hair is naturally blonde and her eyes are blue. She lives mostly for the present, refusing to look too far ahead at what might or might not come. She has many friends and is a good host. She loves outdoor sports, rides horseback frequently, and dances a great deal. Todd and Kelly, as they were affectionately billed, were about to set a new comedy standard for Hal Roach Studios. answer to the previous puzzle the life of patsy kelly was written and created by rob patrick episode one was voiced by allison roche aaron taylor emily ann hoffman claire austin smith and mary ann carter podcast art by courtney lasur theme and closing songs by crockett king Original music by Noah East. Special thanks to Ali Rosenberg.